The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What would you do if you really wanted to eat pork, but you had to cross the street to do it? I'm like, what? It's the weirdest hypothetical question ever. And then we crawl into our mother's lap to curl up with her as we watch a celestial event. But little do we know what we're about to see never happened. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover today. So first off, running into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone, get on your feet and give it up for Sniper. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Wee! Yeah! He's jumping on in to Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Seems to be having a ball. Seems like he didn't just record 20 minutes of an episode and realize it's not that good. So I'm starting over. Because you deserve the best. You deserve the best. Sniper, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. I truly do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Sniper, I hope you brought your rifle. Oh, you're not going to need it. But it looks cool when you're carrying it around, Sniper. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the... Hair hydrofoil. Is this a vehicle? Have we ever used this before? Is hydrofoil a real vehicle and not just from a G.I. Joe collection? We'll find out. Hair, I'm going to toss you the keys for the hair hydrofoil. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Glide us all the way across the Pacific Ocean because we're headed out to Hawaii. We're headed out to Hawaii. Here's a here's an interesting fact about Hawaii. And maybe this is just my own personal experience. I've met two people who were this might sound mean, but I, I almost like have to ask. I have to ask. I've met two people. They say they were native Hawaiians. Now, I don't know if that means they were born there or if, like, their ancestors, like, if they had been there this whole time, they're immortal, they're walking around big, giant beards. I've met two people who were, at the very least, born on the Hawaii Islands. Maybe their family's been there for generations, I don't know. Both of them were horrible racists. Like, the, the worst possible racists you could ever encounter in daily life. So racist. And here's the thing. I grew up in Orangeville, California. I knew a lot of racists. I knew a lot of racists. I knew a lot of guys who were really into white supremacy. 
And when I say really in a white supremacy, they were covered in tattoos, right? They were covered in racist tattoos. And they could sit there and you're sitting at your grandma's house and they're over because they're related to you. <laughs> it's a long story. But anyways, we could watch Fallen together. That Denzel Washington movie about the demon that if he touches you, the demon goes in your body. And if you're not a movie buff, Denzel Washington's black. And I could sit there and watch Fallen and there's nothing. No, no he, the, the guy sitting next to me is not talking about what... Black people don't do that. Black people don't drive cars. I was like, yeah, they do drive cars, dude. What? what? Black people can't solve crimes. Black people aren't cops. No. They'd sit there and enjoy a good Denzel Washington movie. And wouldn't talk about the superiority of the Aryan people while you're watching it. However, now I'm not excusing their other racist attitudes and behaviors and tattoos. But they didn't talk about it all the time. <laughs> they didn't have to because they were covered in tattoos. Who knows? But they're like, I think my body speaks for itself. I'm not excusing all the other racism. However, when I met these two people who, and they're different people, obviously, they weren't Siamese twins. I was like, well, that guy has a terrible view of the world. Um, turn around. I'd like to see what your buddy has to say about that. Your twin brother. No, they were two different people, two different points in my life. I met... They hated, hated anyone who was not from Hawaii. And you go, well, Jason, that's fine. I guess <laughs> you're trying to defend race. I know it's hard, isn't it? Like, I had to tell that fallen story. It's hard to defend racism. Um, so don't. <laughs> that's kind of the key. But it's so weird because it's not that they, it's one thing to be like Hawaii first. Like, you'll meet people who are like, oh, yeah, dude, Ireland first. Kiss me, I'm Irish. All that stuff. They actively hated people. Like, they, you'd be in the middle of a story. You'd be in the middle of, like, watching something. And they'd just make a super racist comment. It didn't matter. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic. Didn't matter. If they weren't from the island, which, spoiler alert, most people aren't. Most of the planet of 7 billion people aren't from Hawaii. If you weren't from Hawaii, these they looked down on you. They just hated people who weren't from the islands and they would always have something bad to say about everybody which again is a seven billion people and what sucks what really sucks and this is what happens is that you will meet tons and tons of people through your life tons of people and you'll meet a couple of racists you just will but you don't then, generally, I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe I should speak for everybody, but let's say you met the mayor of a city one day, and he goes, what do you expect from Italians? You wouldn't then assume all other mayors are racist. But if you met, <laughs> if you met two mayors from two different cities, years apart, and you're hanging out with this mayor of this totally different city, and you're talking, and he's like, yeah, yeah, things are going good. Things are going real good, but a spaghetti restaurant opened up. And you're like, what? And they're like, you know, spaghetti. The pasta, the cannolis. And you're like, yeah, it's making me hungry. And they're like, no, the Italians, dude. Why does it gotta be Italians? You would start to think, maybe, <laughs> maybe for whatever weird reason... Mayors of U.S. cities 
hate Italian people. You would start to put this together. And that's what sucks. I've met two people from Hawaii. They're both terribly racist people. And they would, like, you'd be having coffee. You'd be out drinking coffee. And you would bring up, like, hey, did you see that new... Did you see Mean Girls is now a musical? They're like, yeah, leave it up to a bunch of... Leave, oh, mainlanders, that's what they called us. I forgot. That's what they would always say. Leave it up to a bunch of mainlanders to take a lame movie and turn it into a terrible musical. And you'd be like, what does that have? What does mainlanders have to do with anything? And the mainlanders, was everything was their fault. That was it. That was the term they used for everybody. I'm, and it's weird because if you were from the Dominican Republic, you think they would be like, hey, man, we're from an island too. But it didn't matter. Actually, I don't know. They never specifically said anything about people from Haiti or the Dominican Republic. But I imagine when they say mainlanders, they mean anyone that's not from any, like, it doesn't matter from another island. You, like, Australia's like, are we mainlanders? Mainlanders was a term they they would just put us down all the time. Super annoying. And again, it wasn't like colonists. It wasn't like I know people would be like, oh, you know, colonists, da-da-da-da-da, taking over stuff. It wasn't that. Mainlanders. It didn't matter if you were black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American. didn't matter. You were beneath the Hawaiian people. And that really sucks because that's the only interaction I've had with people from Hawaii. Now, I've hung out with girls with Hawaiian names and they were cool. They weren't from Hawaii. They just had names that were inspired by Hawaii. What does any of this stuff have to do? It has nothing to do with any of the story. I just was like, this sucks. Because now my impression of Hawaii is they're all terribly racist. They hate everyone who's not from Hawaii. And I don't think that's true. But it's happened twice. It's happened two times. Therefore, everyone hates Everyone hates... Again, if it was just two people who hung out together, I would assume they're just terribly racist. But no. I... It might be the entire state. I hope not. Anyways, um, <laughs> terrible racism aside, we're headed out to Honolulu. Specifically, <laughs> as I mispronounce all these names, they're like, the mainlander has defiled our state once more. That's it. We're taking down Dead Rabbit Radio. We're headed out to Honolulu. Uh, specifically, we're going to a place called Nuanu. Nuanu, and over on Nuanu, there's a place called the Pali Highway. <laughs> I can already hear people outside my door trying to kick it down. They're like, Mainlander, you die tonight. Uh, the words are just going to be mispronounced. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with me eventually. I'm going to start getting to these gods, these deities. They're like, ah! This is why we're racist! This is why we hate Mainlanders! They don't even put this stuff into Google pronunciation apps. Anyways, we're driving down the Pali Highway. This is a road that drives from Honolulu to Kanoe. I guess I should have talked about how racist they are. And then I'm like, oh, whatever their culture is. Oh, these names. I'm sure they're just phonetic. I'm sure they just sound like they're spelt. I've never learned from my mistakes. We're headed out. To the Pali Highway. This area is steeped in history. No pun intended. Because back in 1795. 
in this area was one of the, if not the biggest battle in the island's history, the island of Honolulu. This is when Kamehameha um, finally consolidated his rule. There was this giant battle at Nanu. Nuanu? Uh, whatever type of weapons. <laughs> I don't think they had swords. I don't think there's a large iron deposits on the islands. They probably had like clubs and stuff like that. They're like, for Kamehameha. No, swords. Uh, not swords, clubs. Ching, ching, ching. They sound like metal because it's the only sound effect I can do. Ching, ching. Sparks are flying. Anyways, um, this was a battle to unify the Hawaiian Islands. And while this battle was going on, the opposing force, the losers, were pushed off these steep cliffs. There are these steep cliffs. Over 400 enemy troops were pushed off the cliffs. They fell to their death. No! They're probably like trying to fall in the water. Like they see all these craggly rocks. They're like, oh, maybe I can just jump in. <laughs> they break all their bones. The second they hit the water, they're like, oh, man, now I'm drowning. Octopus is eating me alive. A long time ago, we did an episode. I actually recently re-ran it for a retro rabbit Dead Rabbit Radio Retro Rabbit episode about the Night Marchers. And that was kind of a little foreshadowing to this story. The Night Marchers was a, it's a really cool story about basically like this ghost, ghostly procession that marches around. Uh, Nuanu is one of the areas this group marches through. I'll put that episode in the show notes if you didn't catch the repeat. But here's the thing. You have this place where all these soldiers died. Are there a bunch of ghosts? Are there a bunch of like ghosts down at the bottom of the cliff going like, give us a rematch, give us a rematch. (laughs) Jump down off the cliffs, jump off the cliffs and we'll fight you on our home turf. People are like, no, we're just going to walk away and you're ghosts. What are you going to do? You're at the bottom of a cliff. What's interesting though, and I got to give a shout out. I found this story on my own. But as I was reading it, I go, I bet you anything, my boy Bennett was on top of this a long time ago. This is probably like two or three years ago. Bennett, our resident Bigfoot expert and resident Pigman expert, sent me a list. He probably doesn't even listen to the show anymore. He's probably like, well, what? That, that different show still on. A couple of years ago, he sent me a list. He went through every state. And found a pigman story. There's a couple states that don't have one. But I, as I was reading up the story, I go, you know what? I'm going to check that list. Bennett. It's been on my desktop all these years. I go, I'm going to check that list Bennett sent me. Let's see if, yep, there it is. Hawaii is on the list. Thank you, Bennett. Because we're about to take a look at the story of a pigman, nay, a pig god named Kamupua. Kamapua, Kamapuau, Kamapua. Kamapuau is a pig god. Probably like a more like a boar. Just because if you were going to be a god, you'd want to be like a... You notice there's no lamb gods. They're always like the head of a lion or like the claws of an eagle. There's no like fluffy gods. For, for a good reason, right? If you're a deity, you don't want to be like super cuddly. You want to be action-packed. You want to be a big, hairy boar. (laughs) I'm like, what? This deity's lame. (laughs) Take it from a mainlander. Boo! Boo, this pig god. He's a boar boar now. (laughs) 
this pig god, boar god, was in love with the volcano goddess Pele, which I think is probably the most famous god from Hawaii. Right? If I ask you who's your top ten Hawaiian deities, you're like, well, uh, probably Pele's in my top five, but that boar god sure is dope. Anyways, Kemapua and Pele were lovers at one point. If you want to see a pig and a volcano get it on, book your tickets to Hawaii. Um, this pig god and this volcano goddess were lovers, but it didn't work out. Obviously, right? <laughs> one was a giant pig. And the other one was molten lava from inside the earth itself. It definitely was not a match made in heaven. They were unable to stay together. They became ex-lovers. And they had an agreement. They said, we will never bother each other. So, part of this agreement is a really interesting story. This is a really interesting story because what we're looking at is a paranormal event that may be able to be proven repeatable testable paranormal events and if this is one of those i mean like this would be fantastic if, if i have any if i have any listeners in hawaii remaining i would love for you guys to I would love for you guys to tempt this god into your destruction so apparently along the road remember we're on the pele we're on the poly highway that's the dividing line between Kamupawa and Pele. And since that road goes through the dividing line, I guess I should say would be a better way to put it, no ham, no pork products whatsoever can be brought over the border, cannot be brought from Kamupawa's land into Pele's land. No pork products can go from the pig god's land to the volcano goddess's land. So what happens if you do, right? That's kind of like, yeah, you could go to a mini mart and they say no shirt, no service, but they're not going to stop you. Like if you walk in and you want to buy a six pack of beer and a shirt, right? You're like, oh, my shirt got ripped off. Tried to make them left to that volcano over there. It burned it up. It also gave me horrible third degree burns. Do you have any like aloe vera as your skin is still sizzling? You could probably actually, now that I think about it, if you went to a Walmart and they said no shirt, no shoes, no service, but you go, I'm here to buy those things. I need a shirt and I need shoes because I want to go to the 7-Eleven across the street and get some ham so I can try out this urban legend. I'm sure Walmart would let you in to buy shirts and shoes. I don't know. <laughs> Figure that out. Is that paranormal conspiracy? I don't know. Figure it out. Send me an email. Test it. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the point of this is that if you bring ham across that border, your car will die. And you go, what if, could I walk it over? Well, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. Back in 2007, there was this uh, journalist for a local news agency, a local Hawaiian news agency named Walter... Makalu, Makaula, Walter Makaula. He was a local reporter and he got this thing called a manapau, which is a pork filled roll. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? And he also bought some pork hash. Sounds delicious too. 
Anyways, he was walking around with this dude named Lopaka Kapauni. And he's a local he's a local lore expert and probably an expert on how to pronounce his name. You have Lopaka and Walter walking through the area. Walter says, hey, Lopaka, I want to test this myth. I'm going to take this beef-filled roll and this beef hash. We're going to walk through this area at night and see if I can get over the border. And Lopaka says, listen, this is super dangerous. I got to let you know because one time I was on a bus driving through this area. And right when we crossed the border, right when we crossed the border between the two lands, all of a sudden the bus... Actually, just sputtered to a stop. What was that? Did it explode? Did Jeepers Creepers attack this bus? Do you imagine, like, steam shooting out of the engine? That's not what happened. It just sputtered to a stop. And then Jeepers Creepers attacked the bus. Lopaka said the bus slowed to a stop. And the bus driver got really pissed off and he turned around and he said, Who's got the pork? <laughs> Which is fantastic. I mean, I wish more bus drivers yelled that. I That's fantastic. That's like, I want a shirt that says that. Who's got the pork? <laughs> Anyways, so the idea, Lopaka goes, basically, someone on the bus had pork on them. Porky Pig, he's sitting there. He's like, oh no. They're stabbing him to death. They're like sacrificing him to the god. He's like, no. No, someone on the bus had pork and because they had it, the bus couldn't move anymore. So they had to throw the pork out. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, Jason, this is clearly just an urban legend. This is an urban legend that, yes, two adults, one of them who's a local expert in the lore, who's basically a Hawaiian version of Jason, and then this news reporter, who's kind of also like a Hawaiian version of Jason, because he's like reporting the news, and he's doing a paranormal story. Anyways, these two Jasons, they, they're clearly like humoring each other. <laughs> this, this can't be real, even though this is a paranormal podcast. What are the chances of a bus slowing to a stop? Actually, what are the chances of the bus driver turning around screaming, Who's got the pork? And you wonder the person on the passenger on the bus, did he know this legend? Was he trying to tempt fate? He's like, oh man, I really want to get these hot dogs. But I live on Pele's territory. Hmm. Maybe I'll just... I don't believe in that old legend anyways. I'm just going to put them in this... Put them in my pocket. Were they trying to test the legend too? Who knows? But Lopaka says that actually happened. And in the world of paranormal, it could happen. We've covered crazier stuff. But now we're in the year 2007. That story took place before all that. Walter and Lopaka are walking. Oh, and I should say, after the guy threw the pork out of the bus, the bus started up and just went on normally. So again, we have this idea that you can't cross this line if you got pork on you. Well, Lopaka and Walter are now walking through this area. It's nighttime. It's 2007. They have flashlights. And they're, they don't want their car to break down. So they're walking along the highway with their flashlights. And they got those pork rolls and pork hash. 
And all of a sudden, the flashlights start going out. Slap, slap, slap. Hit it, hit it, hit it. And he goes, Walter goes, what? My flashlight's not working. And little Paca's flashlight. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers is hiding in the bushes. He's like, ah, two more victims. The, uh, Lopaka then tells Walter, drop the pork. Drop the pork. And so Walter does. He throws the boys. He's eating it as fast as he can. He's like, this wasn't an experiment. This is my dinner. Om, nom, nom, nom. He's eating the hash. He's taking bites out of the pork roll. And then he throws it on the ground. And Lopaka is like, just walk away, bro. Just walk away from the pork. And so they start walking away. And what you're going to have to turn around. You're an intrepid journalist. You're a Hawaiian Jason. Walter keeps walking, but then eventually he spins around and he looks. Some of the pork is missing. (laughs) Wait, what? Tell me in the middle of the night from a distance of like 10 feet. Without a working flashlight, the flashlight's died. You can turn around and see that pork is missing from a pork roll. Actually, it doesn't make sense because if you're the god of pigs, you want to be like, oh, yummy, yummy. Bring more next time. I love the taste of my own flesh. I saw a version of the story where there's a little like elf people, little gnomes living in the woods that are eating the pork. I'm going to be honest. It's probably just raccoons. It's probably... Those things are fast. If I threw pork down, if I threw down a pork roll, I'm I'm, going to take a couple bites out of it and threw it down. A raccoon man could probably get that. I don't know if there's raccoons on Hawaii, though. But I'm sure there's some sort of indigenous animal or an animal that's been transplanted over there that could very quickly eat pork. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But I do find this story interesting because if it is true, we could replicate it. If you're a listener of Dead Rabbit Radio, (laughs) you weren't offended by the first 20 minutes of this podcast. Where I said everyone in Hawaii is horribly racist. The two people that I met were. But I don't want to get back on that. Because (laughs) I'm just going to talk about that for the rest of the episode. But my point is, is that you... If you listen to the show and you're in Hawaii... And you don't have a problem offending, <laughs> offending the local deities. I This is one I would do. If I was there, if I had the ability to, I would 100% drive through the area with pork. Not because I'm trying to offend the local deities. I'd want to see if it worked. Like, I love repeatable paranormal events. Because if you can... Pr- Here's the thing. When I was younger, I really wanted to prove that the paranormal was real. But as I got older, I was like, what, what's the point? Like, people are going to believe it or they're not going to believe it. I find it interesting either way. So I'm not worried about it. I don't need to prove it to myself and I don't need to prove it to other people. But that doesn't also mean that if there was a repeatable event that I'd be like, ah, no, nah, I don't care. <laughs> like, obviously, I would want to try this out. And it seems like it's pretty cut and dry. You can't drive down this street or this highway with pork. But it'd be super interesting to try. Like this, if this story is true and it's repeatable, hundred percent, I would love to do this. It involves food, it involves delicious pork, so I'm down for that. It involves spooky stuff at nighttime, maybe raccoons. I'm a big raccoon fan. I think they're pretty dope. 
uh, I'm down. If you live in Hawaii and you promise not, to, you promise not to murder me, you promise not to kill me in some sort of hate crime against the mainlanders, I would be more than willing to fly out to Hawaii and try this out. If this podcast is not immediately banned in that state, I would love to. And I'd love to meet Hawaiians who weren't racist. That would be great, too. That would be the most paranormal event of all. I'd be like, what? You guys exist? Wow! You guys don't hate every ethnicity on the planet that's not yours? It truly is. It truly is a paranormal October. It's the weirdest story I've ever covered. Sniper, let's go ahead. Do we have time? I... What were the two... St oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This last story is really short, and I think it's a great combo. Sniper, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the carbon helicopter. We are saying goodbye to Honolulu. Fly us all the way out to an apartment complex. This is a really short story. Very sweet story, almost. Very um, almost counterintuitive to what we normally talk about on Dead Rabbit Radio, but... I just love this visual. Yesterday's episode, we talked about the hot air balloon false memory thing. And I personally find that very intriguing. I don't know if I did the best way telling it. I think I spent too long talking about it. And I think I kind of jumped from subject to subject. I was almost too excited to talk about it. I thought it was so weird that you had multiple people experiencing the same thing over and over again, this shared false memory of riding in a hot air balloon. I don't know how well it came out in me telling it, but I found it intriguing. And this, this is kind of the same thing, but it's not shared. Let's take a look at it. Let's, people, were, people did have similar memories, but let's take a look at this. We're going to meet this young boy, very young boy. We're going to call him Charlie. It's summer 1997. It was getting late and my mom kept telling me that I had to stay up. What? Mama? What, Mama? Me stay up? Yes, Charlie. Stay up. Tonight's the night. Charlie's three years old, so he doesn't really have much power over <laughs> he's all trying to fall asleep she's poking him with a stick he's like okay okay sorry mommy he doesn't really have a lot of power over what he does what he can do so when his mom's like you gotta stay up he's like i stay up mommy for you i love you and the mom is she's adamant that he stays up because tonight is a once in a lifetime event so they end up as the night continues on. Mom walks out to the balcony and she brings Charlie, little Charlie, with her. And he crawls up on his mama's lap. And they both look out into the dark night sky. Charlie sets this up by saying, quote, I know everyone here is going to say that it must have been a dream. Or my brain blew things out of proportion since I was so young. But what I saw, but what I saw was so unreal, it's been burned into my brain. 
He said as a three-year-old child, he looks up at the night sky and he sees these huge rocks flying across the darkness. He says they were not comets. They did not have tails. This was not Hale-Bopp. He says these were rocks that were bigger than the moon soaring across the sky. He said, even when I was three, even as a child, and I'm seeing this, I knew this was impossible. I looked up and saw these massive asteroids tumble across the darkness, and I knew it was impossible. Nothing, nothing could be that big. But his mom's holding him tight in her lap, and he continues to see these giant chunks of stone. Slowly tumble throughout the night across the horizon. Now, this was in 1997, right? So now we're, God, I hate math. 26 years later, the kid's 29. Charlie, who posted this online underneath the name Minna Snowman, <laughs> Minna Snowman, that's kind of cool. Minnesota Snowman posted this. He goes, here's the thing. I asked my mom about this. And she has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> she has no idea about this once-in-a-lifetime event that's impossible. He goes, as obviously as an adult, nothing could be as big as the moon soaring through the sky unless it was incredibly close. Or that big. Far away, but that big. It's not in any it's not in any history textbooks. It's not in any science textbooks. I'm sure he's three years old. He's like, wow. And then when he's getting ready to go to school a couple years later, he's like, oh, kindergarten. I wonder if we're going to read a book about those giant rocks. He's, does, they, no one else knows what he's talking about. He's in middle school. He's like, oh, now the real science begins. Now they'll teach me about those big rocks in the sky. He, no one else remembers this. There are other people who have remember things that are similar because people were kind of posting about this, but nothing in that same year. And a lot of people said, you might have just seen Hale Bob. I remember when I saw Hale Bob, I couldn't imagine anything was that big. I remember my buddy Josh took me out into the boonies. He's like, you got to see this thing. I had seen Haley's Comet. I was kind of like underwhelmed. I was like, oh, that's it. Boring. <laughs> Boring a celestial object that swings by every 70 years. Yeah. But Hale, and I went and saw Hale Bob is massive. And what's funny is I think in my memory it's bigger than it actually was. But who knows? I had never seen anything like that. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, you have no light pollution. But that's not that. He goes, it didn't have, weren't, wasn't Comet, wasn't Hale-Bopp, didn't have a tail. He goes, it was these giant rocks floating by. 
And he knew as a child this wasn't possible. He knows as an adult it's impossible. If anything, he knows it's even more impossible. His mom doesn't remember it. It's driving him nuts. Because he remembers that it happened. He goes, not a dream. Because even the thing where you go, it's possible that he... Like, when I saw Hale Bop, I pictured it as this massive comet in the sky. But it looked like a comet. Like, it was fuzzy. And you see the tail and everything like that. Even if he saw a meteor shower and his brain blew the rocks out of proportion, those are still two totally different phenomenons. A meteor shower happens very quickly. You can't actually see the rocks. You just see the flash of light as they're burning up in the atmosphere. He's actually seen these rocks fly by. Very, very interesting story. It, it, it very possibly is a false memory. It could be a jumble of incidents maybe he watched empire strikes back with the big asteroids flying by and then later that night his mom took him out to just see a regular old meteor shower could be something like that what i find really interesting about this is if you look at the hot air balloon story we did yesterday the story isn't i went in a hot air balloon and i go what what am i doing here hot air balloons suck it's the worst thing ever and them knowing the memory at the time the memory is being formed that it shouldn't be real. It's all people looking back, having a memory of being in a hot air balloon, but no one else remembers they were ever in a hot air balloon. It's like a false memory or an implanted memory, a government mind control implanted memory, something like that. This one is even as a child, he knew it was not true. And that's what makes it even more weird. Even as a kid, he's like, this is impossible. At a time when we're still telling kids about Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, the Boogeyman, (laughs) if you want to be fun and cruel, the Boogeyman's real. So if they saw Santa Claus, or the Easter Bunny, we've done episodes about kids seeing the Easter Bunny in real life. I'll put that in the show notes. So if you see, like Santa Claus, if you woke up, Christmas morning, you saw Santa Claus walking in her house. You wouldn't be like, what? Santa Claus isn't real. I mean, maybe <laughs> you're 27, you're all getting your shotgun ready. You're like, hands up. But as a kid, you'd be like, wow, Santa Claus is real. This was not, he, Charlie, his brain is like, this is impossible. Nothing can be that big. So what did he see? I mean, it could have been a dream. But again, in the dream, he would have been thinking, nothing's that big. It could have been his mind blowing things out of proportion, but again, his mind is telling him nothing can be that big, and yet his mind is still seeing these giant rocks tumble through space. It's a mystery, and it's a mystery only one man has the answer for. He's the only one who's experienced this particular one. Other people, like I said, in the comments have said, I saw something similar, but it was at different time periods, and they didn't really go into as much detail as Charlie did. So it's possible maybe that other people have seen something like this. I shouldn't say he's the only one who can solve it. But you know what I mean. This is not something that we could replicate. We we can't, unlike the pork story in the first one, it's something that these children have seen. And it, it could be a lot of different things. It could be the, he had an experience with aliens. And this is the memory they gave him. It was faulty. I think most time the aliens don't want you to remember anything, and then there's a fail-safe. If you do remember something, you're going to just remember waking up 
and you see someone standing in the darkness at the foot of your bed. And then if you start to do hypnotic regression, then you may actually see the gray aliens, more than one, surrounding your bed and holding you down and then taking you to the ship. These are They don't want you to remember anything at all. That's the first thing. But they seem to have these safety fail-safes built into it, right? It's possible this was some sort of alien abduction. The mother doesn't remember it because the mother was an alien, that an alien took the form either physically of the mother or hypnotically as the mother and was like, no, you got to stay up. You got to stay up tonight. I want to show you something. This was an alien abduction event. That's one possibility. A creepy possibility. But like I said, when I started the story, I go, it's kind of a cheerful one. <laughs> yeah, what's up with all that scary alien talk? I don't want to go to bed now. The imagination of a child, right? Like... I don't think he made it up. I don't think it's... When I say the imagination of a child, they... I think that when you are a kid, we were all kids at some point. Some of us still are. We were all kids at some point. You remember, just as much as I do, the amount of fun and whimsy, for lack of a better word, that we would get simply by walking outside. Nowadays, when you're, we drive to work, right? We put ourselves in a little box, roll the windows up, control the climate, and move from one place to another. But as a child, just walking by a grove of trees, your imagination could run wild. What could be in those trees? What used to be in those trees? What did the world look like a hundred years ago? This patch of land i'm on what would happen if aliens attacked right now what would happen if zombies broke in (laughs) of course some of us still think about that stuff today i was just thinking about zombies attacking last night but you know what i mean like the world was so magnetic and so full of life and not just life full of wonder And I think as we learn, as we experience things, we lose a little bit of that. And I'm not saying, like, it is interesting to think, how do they get the toothpaste into the tube of toothpaste? And then we look it up and we go, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'm not saying now (laughs) the toothpaste turns to a dull gray. We're like, oh, man, I ruined that mystery. I'm not saying that. You can still find wonderment in the answers. But I think the overall, like the fantasy, the magic that we knew existed as children. We knew it existed. As we get older, we believe in it less and less. But we don't have to. And that's one of the things I love about discussing the paranormal with you, is that we still can find those mysteries, still discover that magic is real. That there are things, good or bad, hiding underneath the canopy within the orchard. 
we can still believe that there's still a mysterious beauty to the world that not everything has an answer and the things that do have answers might have the wrong answer the wrong answer we've been told all this time answers such as nothing can be that big i don't know what he saw and there's a thousand different things false memory alien abduction sight beyond sight actually seen maybe it was a typical meteor shower but for whatever reason he could perceive the individual asteroids meteors tumbling through the atmosphere (sighs) i always liked this old quote and i don't know if i could ever find the clip again but it was about martial arts and this martial arts master said the reason why it's important to teach kids martial arts is because they still believe in magic they still believe you can do anything and since they believe they can do anything they believe that they can master these arts and they can become superhuman and that's the mindset we need them to be at when they start training I've always thought it was super interesting, and it makes sense. When you do a display and someone punches through brick, as an adult, we understand how you're able to punch through brick. Kind of. I mean, the answer is you have to imagine your fist going through that brick. It's superhuman to be able to... I know that there are tricks where people will shave the wood a bit. But there are some people who can punch through brick. Because they believe that they can. That's that's a big piece of it, is that they believe that they can. They see their fist going through. They're punching through the brick into their mind and in their body so their hand goes through the brick. And you have to start believing that at an early age. If I gave you a brick and said, punch punch this, punch through it, you're going to think, you're gonna think it's one of my saw traps. I keep talking about my low-budget saw trap. The wonderment of a child. I love it. And I find this story absolutely fascinating because even with the brain of a child, even when he believes that magic is real, the world is full of mysteries waiting to be solved and then new mysteries yet to be discovered. He still sees this celestial phenomenon and says, even in a world where Santa Claus exists, Even in the world where the darkness can hide the cruelest of boogeymen. Even in the world where magic waits around every corner. This. What I'm seeing right now tumble through the darkness. Is impossible. But is it? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listen to it today. Have a great day.